Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Good morning. What a great day it is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is like a two-edged sword. And Father, I just pray this morning that as we receive your word, that it will go deep into our spirits. And that, Lord, it will do what it needs to do to make us more like Jesus. Father, we ask this in your precious name. Amen. 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 So this morning, we're back in Joshua, believe it or not, and we're going to talk about memorials, memorials. So if you'd like to turn to Joshua chapter 4, and I'd like to read the first eight verses. And I'm going to read from the New International Version. So Joshua chapter 4, starting at um, the first verse there. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests were standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight." So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from Israel, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the rivers of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones would be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, and they put them down. Joshua set up twelve stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan, in the spot where the priests had carried the Ark of the Covenant, where the the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. They crossed the Jordan on dry land. Let's be very clear about that. They didn't walk across a puddle. They didn't wade knee-deep. They crossed on dry land. And what this scripture tells us is that they built two memorials to the miracle. One was on the bank, and one was in the midst of the river, right in the middle, to commemorate the goodness and blessing and salvation and protection of the Lord. And these were, the the Israelites built these as proofs to the miracle. One of them was in the riverbed. So when the water came back, it was buried under the water. And some commentaries say that every now and again when there was a drought and the water dropped down, the the monument suddenly came out of the water. So when people walked past, they'd go... Yes, I remember that. That's when God saved us. Other people believe that it was never seen again. But it was a sign that God had delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians and that they were destroyed under the rivers of the Red, under the Red Sea. But in the Old Testament, this was a common occurrence to build an altar or a memorial. And we find them in Genesis 28, 31, 35 and Joshua 18. 
But today we still build memorials. We build war memorials um, to those who've lost their lives in the wars. We build memorials to famous and historical figures, some of which we don't think are that famous. <laughs> we build memorials to natural and man-made disasters. We build memorials to terrorist attacks. And holidays serve as memorials, for instance, like Good Friday and Christmas Day. But in my experience, memorials don't always seem to be that positive anymore. They often remember bad things um, or sacrifice. And they're done in a sense to get us to remember, to reflect, to think back in the hope that there'll be better times ahead. The definition of the word memorial means something designed to preserve the memory of a past event or person. And the children of Israel set up a memorial to preserve the memory of God's faithfulness. It's not nostalgia. They looked, they remembered, and then they pressed on. They crossed the Jordan. Now, I'm a very nostalgic person, I have to tell you. And I love old things. I love getting things from the past. I love to remember the good old days. And that's not helpful sometimes. You know, we think back, the winters were warmer, the summers were better, the grass was greener, the sky was bluer, and smiles were bright, and life was so much simpler, as Gladys Knight would say. However, nostalgia and memories can be very destructive to us. Because a memory is the act of retaining, recalling impressions and facts and remembering things that have happened in our past. And for many of us, we can set up a, a memorial in our lives or an experience that becomes a monument or a memorial to something and it's not positive. It's a solid, lifeless edifice that stops and restricts our walk with God and we often pay homage to it, sometimes daily sometimes when certain events or issues arise in our lives, but more often when God is calling us to move into something else, when God is calling us to cross over the Jordan. You see, the image of crossing over the Jordan, we talk about crossing into the promised land, but God wants us to cross into the promised land. He wants us to cross into all the things that he's called us to do, all the things that he wants us to be. And sometimes we set up monuments in our lives which can be a past sin, a current sin, a reincurring sin. It could be anger, it could be resentment, it could be disappointment, it could be fear. And so often, we, God calls us to move in something and we stop and we reflect and we look at that monument and we turn around and we don't do what God's called us to do. And yet deep in our hearts, there's something wanting us to change. We know we need to change but we can't because of this monument. Well, the good news is God wants us to go on because there is one great monument in our lives. There is one great monument in our lives, and it's the cross. And when I think of the cross, it's a monument that speaks and reminds me of my sinful condition, but also of his incredible love and his amazing grace. It highlights sin in my life but it puts away my guilt and shame. 
It shows me the way I should live. It turns tragedy into triumph, failure into success, death into life. We, we, we sung a song a couple of weeks ago called Living Hope. And I'm just so struck by this song at the moment. I can't really stop singing it, to be honest. And I'm just going to read you the words. It says, How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your na- name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine such a great mercy? Who could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. And this is it. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Saviour, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. The cross has spoken. And that's a monument that speaks in our lives. You know, through the darkness, torn through the shadows of my soul. And sometimes there's a monument in our lives that casts a shadow on our lives. But I just see another shadow And that's the shadow of the cross. The cross of Christ in our lives can destroy any monument that we've constructed to stand in our way. It's bigger than any sin, any past event or situation. Because God is calling us to go on. To cross the river into the promised land. Into the promises and the will of everything that God has for us. God wants us to move from glory to glory to glory. In 2 Corinthians 38, it says this, So all of us who have had a veil removed can see the reflected glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Right, Benj. (laughs) And why is that? Because God has a plan. He desires to give us a hope, a confident expectation of blessing and provision in the days ahead. And the cross is our hope. This is the memorial that God has set up in our lives. The memorial of the cross causes us to walk into the future with faith and anticipation, even though we don't know every detail of our lives going forwards. And we call this destiny because God has a destiny for each of us. Yes, you, not just me. And as I walk in my destiny, I remember this. In Ephesians 1 verse 11, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, in him also we have received an inheritance, a destiny. We were claimed by God as his own, having been predestined. Chosen beforehand according to the purpose of him who works everything in agreement with the counsel of his with with the counsel and will of his design. Amen. We have an inheritance. Right. You know, I've never received an inheritance, not a, a financial inheritance, but I've got an inheritance that is even bigger. Yeah. I'm in, I'm gonna I'm inheriting everything That's that right. Jesus <laughs> 
achieved on the cross. That is amazing. He claimed me before the foundations of the world. God was thinking about me before he put the heavens and the earth together. And he has a plan for my life which is by his counsel and his design. So everyone in this room is going to do something great for God in their lives. It doesn't matter if you're 2, 12, 22, 62, 72, 92. God has a plan for your life. No one is excluded. The former things are past. Yes, but what about my past? What about my past memorials? You see, sometimes we live with memorials. We have to navigate them in our lives. We, we sort of dodge and swerve and move around all these memorials, these things that are around us all the time, things that are pressing in against us. But God still has a plan for your life because his memorial is built on the rock of salvation. It's on a solid ground. It isn't going to be shaken. The stones in that riverbed in the Jordan, I can't believe they're still there today. The writer said they're there today, but he was saying that thousands of years ago. But they're gone now. But the cross of Christ still stands forever. And the word of the Lord to some of you this morning is from Isaiah 43. that says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'd like to show a video now from one of the greatest films ever. It's not Star Trek film. <laughs> it's from The Lion King. Again. You get my point? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yes, but the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or you can learn from it. We heard a great testimony yesterday from Dave Vasey. A fantastic testimony. But sometimes people have a past that defines them. And it's a very negative definition. But the thing with Dave yesterday was his past does define him. But it's something very positive. Because it's mixed with the word of God. The past cannot be changed. But one's response to it can be. The past cannot be changed but your response to it can be. Because Paul said this, No, my dear brothers, I have not achieved it yet. I put that in. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. That's a murderer speaking. That's a man who probably put to death Men, women and children who followed Christ. But he saw the greatness of God. He saw the memorial that was coming in his life. Of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he moved forwards. Oh that's easy for you to say Stephen. It's very difficult to comprehend sometimes what we're asking. But the word of God is true. And God is not a man that he should lie. I look at some of the heroes in the Bible. I look at Joseph particularly who was a man, when we read about Joseph, he had a hand in shaping the, the nation of Egypt. 
God trained him, brought him forward. His life was under God's rule. And yet he was a young, arrogant man, despised by his family, accused of a crime he didn't, forget, for, didn't commit. He was put in prison and forgotten. And he was raised and became the saviour and leader of a nation. He forgot his past and he pressed on. And this morning, God is calling us to forget our past some, in some times. Yeah. There are things that are pressing against us and we need to forget them. We need to see the cross of Christ in our lives and we need to move on. We need to get on with it. You don't know what my life was like before I came to Christ or even what it was like now. That might be true. But when you see who you are in Christ, when you see what the word of God says about you, the only time you should ever look back is to see how far you've come. Because God has a perfect plan for every one of us. He wants everybody in this room, everybody in this room, to have a sense of vision and purpose and destiny in his life because he loves you. We mustn't deny the power of the cross in our lives, the monument of the cross. We mustn't reject what the Spirit is saying us because God is much bigger than our mishaps. His love can cover all of our sins. All of our past. If I ask you to think about the worst thing you've ever done, and it's not the sort of thing you say from the front of a church when we're thinking, oh, we must, you know, we must all be loving God this morning. But there's something that comes into your mind. There's something that always comes into our mind when God wants us to step up, when we break bread, when we want to share something. There's that little voice that says, well, I know what you did. Jesus says this, he said, I forgive you and I choose to remember it no more. Yesterday, Dave touched on sexual sin. And sometimes we see that as so unforgivable because God is a holy God. But the Psalm 103 says, He has removed our sin as far from the east as from the west. Do you know why it's from the east and from the west and not from the north and the south? Because if you're in the south, you do eventually get to the north. And if you're in the north, you do eventually get to the south. But if you're in the east and you keep going, you never actually get to the west because you keep going round and round and round and round. And that's how far God has separated our sin from us. In 1 John 1, 9 it says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is nothing that we have done that God cannot forgive us for. In fact, he's already forgiven us. The problem is, is sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. We hang on to it. We build it as a memorial in our lives. But the cross has crushed it. And the cross trumps it in a way. Some of us look back at things we've done in our lives and we think we could never get back to where God wants us to be. Well, folks, failure isn't fatal. Failure is not fatal. Because God turns death into life. The past is history. And if you live in the past, you will be history. 
God wants us to live in the future of his glorious monument. Interestingly enough, the word monument or memorial doesn't appear that much in the New Testament. It appears once during the Transfiguration when um, Peter saw Jesus and Elijah and somebody else, I can't remember, Moses, transfigured. And Peter makes this really sort of silly comment and he said, it's wonderful to be here. Let me make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But the disciples hadn't seen it yet because there was something greater that was coming, something far bigger, a far greater memorial. But then when we read in 1 Corinthians 11.24, which is um, a very well-known scripture for us, it says, He gave thanks to God and he broke it into pieces and he said, This is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And if we look at that word in the Greek, it actually means memorial. Do this as a memorial to me. Some versions say memory, some versions do say memorial, but the root meaning of that word is a memorial. And when we break bread, it is a looking back at the accomplished work of Christ, what Christ has done in our lives. And when we look back at what Christ has done in our lives, it supersedes everything that we've done in our lives. It covers that sin. It covers our past failures. It covers our past doubts. And what that allows us to do, it then allows us to look forward and to say, well, the past is the past. Now I'm looking forwards. I'm, I'm going to stop looking at the past. I'm going to stop looking at my past failures. I'm going to stop looking at my past sins. I'm going to stop looking at those circumstances and events. But I'm going to look to the future. Because as Paul says, and I have to say this again. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it yet. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. I press on. Yeah. And so this morning... There may be monuments and memorials in your life that are not of him. And God says to you this morning, he wants you to destroy them. And by destroying them, what that means is that we know that Christ has built a memorial in our lives, which is his cross. And it overshadows anything that we could build ourselves. Because he's given us a great future. He's called us to a great journey not only individually but corporately together That's right. the memorial of the cross is bigger than any pile of rocks that we can build in our lives it really is because we have the power of Christ in our lives we need to see that the cross the memorial of the cross is more powerful than anything we've done or said or thought Anything that's come against us, attacked us, or brought us down. Because God wants to take us forward into a glorious future. So as we come to break bread this morning, I want people to be very, very conscious of that. Um, Because God is a good God. And he wants us to move into all that he has for us. 
This is a memorial. It's not just a piece of bread. It's a memorial. One year at Bible Week, there was a man called Graham Deacon who's with the Lord now. And I remember he held this bread up and he got so excited. He was screaming, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I thought, it's a bit irreverent. <laughs> but you know, I know what he means now. Hallelujah! Because it's a memorial. It says that I have been set free. It says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It says the past is the past. And I have a future in him. So as we come, as we pass the bread round, things are going to come into your mind now. Because they're coming into mine. They are. I'm not perfect, believe it or not. <laughs> but then I look at this. And I know that God is here. And I know that that represents the power of Christ in my life. That he has set me free and made me the man of God I am today. And when I look at the future and some of the problems I think are coming over the horizon, God is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.